You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. Go Wild has recently partnered with Mountain Tough for a free 30-day workout program designed to get you in shape for turkey season called the Go Wild Challenge. Download Go Wild to sign up and let everyone know in a Go Wild post that you're joining us. Then, each time you do a workout, tag Go Wild and Mountain Tough to hold yourself accountable. Also, Go Wild will be attending the Great American Outdoor Show February 4th through the 12th. If you're in the area, stop by booth 412, meet the guys, and learn all about Go Wild. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Tell me what to do. Ohio. Oh, How Justin. Yeah, what's up? How oh, dare man. you, Joel? This is this is great. So we're gonna so we're gonna get after it, months. Let's uh you got you got your news to break down. So intro episode for for the O2 podcast for this week. So we've got Cameron Tinker is our main guest yes. for this week's episode, Mid- Midwest Gunworks. Uh we just talked to Turd Ferguson slash Jacob Knight from Go Wild. He gave us an update on Shot Show. So you left me hanging last week, man. I had to I had to sit here and do this all by myself. I don't like that. I don't know if left you hanging was the choice. It was work related. Oh, but it was a sweet trip and I uh, got to go to Salt Lake City. So if you saw some of my pictures and stuff at the mountains, it was a little different uh, view than central Ohio. Yeah. And it was a good time. Uh, that was for the, some sports turf management uh, meetings, but took a day to go out. We uh, toured a distillery which was very oh. cool. High West. I, I honestly didn't know that they, I, I thought like, I thought Salt Lake city was like as straight edge as you can get. So Bobby, you want to see the fans? Look at that rope right there, buddy. Look at that. Our intros but are never going to be the same. No, never going to be the same. I hope is. that people start, start doing, start listening to these. So, so you, you were, I called you brother months a few times. Did anyone get that reference? Yeah. If you're in the chat. It- well, I, I got it. And like, like the best part was, uh, the, the, some of the t-shirts out there and i think the best one i saw was utah utah wives matter and i picked like a couple <laughs> three pictures of little uh women signed from like a restroom uh but they yeah totally they play along in a lot of that but we went out to so no, my think, wife's my wife's on there oh no and brandon keller this is, actually put her children to bed stop watching <laughs> the uh <laughs> the best part i think was uh we went to that distillery it was high west distillery so i'm not a whiskey person at no. all uh, I actually tried probably more whiskey out there than ever, which is not much at all. Um, but driving in, you like went through this ranch and it was up in the, out in the mountains, beautiful, all snow, mule deer and elk 
everywhere. And That's I, what you said. I was just sitting there like, oh, me and Brian Hall are just like just so you, watching. You actually got to things. see mountains while you were out there. Oh, yeah. Because when I went west, I still don't believe that there's a mountain west of the It is of amazing. The you have the clouds come in, how you can't see them. They just disappear. And then, like, next thing you know, boom, there, you know, the sun comes out and beautiful. It was, it was amazing. Didn't happen to me. Yeah. Well, you were yeah. in there. You were there for like 24 hours. I was. It was a quick, quick turnaround. I saw some snow, saw some throw up in a parking lot. So, yeah, it was a good, <laughs> good trip to, to Montana. So, deer, deer season's winding down. How many days we got left? Uh, about. Oh, okay. Hunter has entered weeks. the chat. Oh, now we're. Welcome, we're, gentlemen. Man, we're getting big time. We got real celebrities in the room. Uh, so, uh, don't no, put any more. I'm already getting nervous. Look at my face turning red. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> We've got. I mean, it's just. I think waterfowl ended on Sunday. There's a bunch of stuff still open. The gun or archery season goes till February 5th. So I don't know. Was that like two weeks from now? Yeah, something like that. Check your regulations book. Uh, but there's some still some other things are out. Squirrel, cocktails. Let's go to the end of the month. Yeah, you get small game until. Uh, uh, yeah, for crows. We'll get your crows till March. But anywho, let's. Uh, couple of the news things that we had come in from around the state just a reminder from odnr that right now is a great time to go out and view bald eagles in the winter so uh that was one of their highlights hocking hills is having their 57th annual hike uh and then in 2022 the state released more than 52 million fish uh into stocked areas so those are just a couple of highlights nothing fun uh, so can well, i can i, I say can that. i jump in on the bald eagle thing it's a little little history lesson from from Uncle Paul. Everyone says that Ben Franklin advocated for the the wild turkey. Sorry, forgive me for for diving off into a, a wild turkey tangent, but he advocated for five minutes. He advocated for the wild turkey to be the national the national bird. He did not advocate. He just didn't like the bald eagle. Do you know what he called the bald eagle? Uh, a rank coward is what he called the bald eagle. So. I mean, I'd rather have a wild turkey season than a bald eagle season. So I'm glad that it, uh, you know, that it worked out in the way that it. I've only seen two. I've seen two bald eagles in my life in Ohio, and both both of them were eating out of a cornfield. So, I mean, America's bird, really. I just heard someone call uh, someone referred to the bald eagle as a buzzard with a good PR department. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. So I'm John. I won't mention turkeys. That's the rest lie. of the episode. That's a lie. So. Ben was a genius. Yes, he was. <laughs> Bald head and chicken hawk. I like it. <laughs> so I got something going on over here. All right. So what what do we got? What uh, what else is in the news? So just wrapped up shot show out uh, out in Vegas. We got Jacob coming on. Give us that recap. Yeah, to talk to talk about that. So um, he mentions it there a little bit, but go wild. Just you know, they work with us in the show. Good friends down there. They got a lot going on right now and uh, the mountain tough and the go wild partnership. Paul, you have been very instrumental in that. Actually, I got a chance to do that out there in uh, Utah because I was uh, I needed to get some movement going. And uh, so I was in my hotel room, lunging, air squatting, shoulder shrugging, whatever, all that kind of stuff. That was actually a pretty good workout. I'm not going to lie. It was. It is. It is. It is. a good Dude, the lunges. I can't. So Coach Jimmy, I think I talked about this on the show from from Mountain Tough. He he lunges, I think four laps around a, a track every day. That's crazy. That's insane. That's impressive. Uh, so they've got the Mountain Tough challenge going on. Thirty day workout program designed to get you in shape for turkey season. Go check that out. 
Um, and that's collaboration between Go Wild and Mountain Tough. Jacob talks a little bit about it, but they've got the UTV giveaway, which if you haven't seen that thing, holy smokes. That's pretty slick. It is awesome. I don't know. What what did they say? It's like a thirty five dollars or $40,000 setup because it's got every bell and whistle possible. And like Brad, yeah. Brad told us. What else they were asking? What else can we put in? What and there's like oh, there's, there's nothing else. Literally we can nothing put in else. Um, so that goes through March 31st. It's January 16th through March 31st. Uh, let's see. For every member you get to join Go Wild, you get an entry uh, into win. If you're a Go Wild member already, uh, you can hit share Go Wild to your friends. Get them gives you a unique link uh, that will give you an additional entry chance to win there's uh, there's the splash page when you click on it. if you just click hit like more info yeah, yeah it'll it'll pop you right in there so and the website if you want to go old-fashioned time to go wild.com back backslash or forward slash which one's that just i don't know slash, slash utv yeah, it's the same one we literally use it you just, you just hit it slash i have no idea it's the it's it's this one the those the question mark slash okay that one. so i guess that would be forward i mean is i guess depending on what way you're looking at it i don't know uh, I did not know that Nickelback is touring Joel. That is fantastic information. Um, can we steal their songs for this, can we for this podcast? Block Joel. No, why, why <laughs> would we do that? It's their strongest supporter. So what else? So we got so we got MidwestGunWorks.com. Uh, oh. We got Cameron on today. Yeah, yeah. Parts Finder. That thing is pretty sweet. You guys check that out. Uh, use the code uh, Ohio Outdoors Five to save yourself five percent, and then half rack i mess this up i always mess up their website so if you type in half like so if i'm if i'm on my work computer and i type in halfrack.com, uh it says that that site is blocked so i'm not really sure what halfrack.com is but half dash rack will bring you some really cool hunting uh accessories so check them out great uh great friends of the program great friends of the hunters here in this country so uh Shed season is another thing that they got going on. I talked about it briefly the other day, just a, a community to share your shed stories. Shedseason.com. Find them on Instagram. Pretty pretty cool stuff. So very cool. Who else we got? What else we got on your First little Light. list here? Thanks. Shout out to the guys at First Light. We got tethered. We got to talk, see them down there at uh ATA, but no. Adrian and Boys. So yeah. uh that's all I got as far as bill paying stuff goes. Paying the paying the bell. So yeah. so let's let's see. Are you doing any more deer hunting for the last? So I honestly contemplated doing it last weekend, but la- yeah. I kind of screwed my back up a little bit out there in Salt Lake. When I came back, I just needed to rest it, so I didn't feel like climbing trees. Our buddy Cameron has joined the show. Cameron, we just we just talked about, about you. About you just you just you just missed it. So yeah, your episode is today. Well, not today, but Wednesday. Uh, so this is the intro to your episode, Cameron. Man, we are we are glad that you uh, that you were here. Great talk. Um, I always spend way too much time on that website looking for rifles. One of these days, I'm going to get froggy and buy one. I will say the the, the gun that, that I didn't know that I need is the Raider that that he showed us when we were down there. Like, I, I need that thing in my life. I just want to dress up like a Mad Max character and just ride around in a golf cart in my neighborhood. <laughs> is that legal? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but whatever. good, good stuff, Bobby. Appreciate you, man. We'll see you. Thanks for thanks for checking in, everybody. Uh, thanks, yeah, everybody man. For yeah, thanks. By. That's fun. Love I that. bought a new bow because of months. I have no idea how to shoot it. Well, is that Joel? Yeah, Joel. Come on out. Joel's the It List podcast. So yeah, I am a huge fan, and I give Joel hell. Dude, every, I love every their time. show. It doesn't pop up on my feed like right away, uh, but it is uh, very 
satirical, comical. Oh man, and, I love when they uh, all get laughing. It's hilarious. It is. It is it funny. Is a little bit, uh, probably more than PG thirteen, but it's it's fabulous. So look at all those turkeys. Yeah, there's a few of them here. So let's, he's uh, talking about us, Paul. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he is. So uh, let's see. I've totally lost my train of thought. You said something about turkey beards, uh, and and that was it. So I don't know, man. What else we got for the intro of the show? Find our stuff at the.o2.podcast on Instagram, uh, the02podcast.com. Got some shirts and stuff up there if you're interested. And then Go Wild, of course, is the, the go-to. You put together a cool little video there. Of like- yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, man. I, I, I just got – I printed off some pictures. People had sent in uh, their – we had the O2 hunt camps. We started that in the fall. People sent in duck pictures, duck hunting, a lot of deer pictures, pictures, you know, bringing their kids in the outdoors. So I put those, uh, printed off a lot of those. Check that out. That was really cool. I had a lot of fun uh, making that. So um, we got we got Twitter or uh, Instagram famous uh, Pennsylvania Woodsman podcast uh, in the house. Hunting podcast royalty, Mitchell Shirk. Awesome video turkey video by the way uh mitch i'm gonna say i watched that thing probably 60 times couldn't stop watching it fantastic video so check out mitchell's uh web page or instagram web page i don't know i started to start talking about chat rooms or something here it's your going old school man. your aol instant messenger yeah that's oh, a good one it's a good reference brandon kelly you don't know what the hell aol is that's all i got months what else you got man that's it so appreciate you guys listening. Uh, this is going to be a great episode. We got Cameron Tinker from Midwest Gunworks. We went out the, uh, to St. Louis. What man? Two weeks ago at this point, time flying by, and uh, had a, had a great talk with him about fabulous facility. Oh man, Holy I smokes. I can't tell you. I was impressed awesome. with that place. Yeah, awesome. really, really impressed. Great staff, and, and I talked about it last week. The gunsmiths in that in that facility, elite. So really good. Cool stuff coming out of there. Check out their YouTube. Cameron's doing a lot of really neat stuff on their YouTube uh, with, with kind of breaking down guns and, and uh, we talk about it being a tinkerer. That's the place to, that's the place to check it out. So check them out. Midwest Gunworks. Enjoy this episode. Cameron, thanks so much for your time. Everyone listen to this. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming back week after week. Really appreciate you. Thanks for listening uh, on. Oh, we yeah. moved up like 36 spots in the australian uh, oh my god can you believe that we're like podcast we're like who would have thought you know we're, we're you know we're what top 100 in it's australia because we talk that's about insane. hunting wallaboos that's gotta be oh it. my god someone google kangaroo hunt and we pop <laughs> up we are gonna end up on some sort of anti-hunting registry in australia Somebody's so hit list. yeah folks thanks for watching appreciate you guys talk to you later Turk Ferguson, also known as Jacob Knight, aka Jacob Knight, our buddy from <laughs> Go Wild, who has his little name as says uh, Turk Ferguson. So we're gonna put this on. We're gonna put this video on Go Wild. You we're should put it up.
Yeah, we should. Jacob Turd, thanks for thanks for swinging by, man. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you. So, so you spent last couple of days uh, in Las Vegas for Shot Show. So, first off, uh, tell everyone what Shot Show is. Yeah, so Shot Show is all the firearms ammo. It actually stands for shooting, hunting, outdoor, and we thought tactical for the T. And now I'm I'm actually drawing a blank on what the T stands for, but. It's basically I'm going with tactical. Every, that sounds that sounds good to me. That's what I thought. Brad came back and said, "No, it's something else." But tactical sounds better. Um, Brad, every gun manufacturer, gun manufacturers, ammo. A lot of the hunting brands are you know are there. Um, and when I say hunting brands, that's everything from from bipods to camo to uh, ear pro. I mean everything you can imagine that kind of centers around firearms and and shooting. So when you're where where was so it was in Vegas, but like what was it in like one of the big casinos or big hotels? Where where was it at? So it's mostly in the Venetian, um, okay. and then they've expanded to where I think there were four floors in the Venetian, and then they've have a bridge over to the Caesar's Forum, which kind of sits back behind that, and they've expanded the floor print the floor plan over there to where it's even bigger now. So. This year felt more like the crowd when we were there in 2020 and um, pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID, like right before COVID. And so, you know, the crowd that was there felt great. Like there was a lot of people, a lot of activity. Um, You know, the foreign countries have opened up travel restrictions that were there before. And so everybody was back in full force. Good. So when you were there, did you, did any, any new products, uh, released to the, to the, in in the shot show stand out to you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm not a huge gun nut. You know, I, I'm, we've talked about this with, with our team, you know, we're much more like functional gun users. So it's for a purpose of going hunting or, or going target shooting and, I don't think as much about the cool stuff that's just a minute feature that's added to a firearm, but there was this company there called Gunworks. Uh, they're not new, but they make some really sweet custom rifles. And, you know, when you go to their website, it's like they're accurate out to 100 yards out of the box. And so that's that's their thing. Um, but they had these these custom ones displayed that had this really intricate engraving on them. Uh, you can check the one out that I liked was called Skull, and it's it's S K U H L. Uh, I definitely think you can go on their website and see it, but it's one of those ones that Dan and I were standing there looking at it, and he said, "There's no price tag, and if you have to ask, it's too much." <laughs> so it, this is you know extremely custom. Um, you get to see some of that kind of stuff, guns that you'll never be able to necessarily put your hands on in, in some cases, and you know glock comes out with a new glock it looks like a glock but you go to some of these other booths it's you know it's it's really interesting stuff good good deal any any uh any releases on like the camouflage clothing or like hunting uh hunting equipment releases out there that you saw you know um from a pattern perspective i i didn't necessarily see anything that was earth shattering but what I've kind of seen over the last few years and is even more forward now is that you see a lot of the stuff. If you went to SHOT Show a couple of years ago, the tactical gear, the way it's cut, you know, the Arc'teryx, kind of that very athletic form fitting 
cut that is is in that apparel for military and spec ops type stuff is starting to creep into hunting you know you see it a lot with with kuyu and um there's another one canis athlete that's out there that makes a very it's very well thought out uh, fashion forward almost uh, as far as a camo cut goes there's a lot of that stuff creeping into the hunting apparel uh you know first light for instance you know very technical material but these are like very strategic cut seams and where they're where they're stitched and how they're stitched and all that kind of stuff and so a lot of the hunting apparel you're going to start seeing this this big evolution into being very very technical from a fit perspective i'm excited about that some of the stuff that you know you walk up and a few years ago was just a tactical outfit that is now with mobile hunting hitting its stride uh, you're going to see a lot more of this functional camo that's it's not just layer up and sit in a tree all day there's it's meant to move very good any any cool products that you can talk about that you picked up that uh that'll be new on go wild 23 uh you know there's some there's some interesting stuff that we're exploring uh you know the the one i mentioned you know everly stock it we've been talking to and we'd love to get them in there that's that's one that you know their x2 pack is is huge within the saddle hunting world and so we've we would love to get them on mystery ranch is another one a similar kind of stuff there um and along that technical apparel side, one of the brands that, that we chatted with for a little bit was Stone Glacier. And I think, Paul, you met some of those guys maybe out when you were out in Bozeman. And, you know, we ran into Weston out in Vegas, too. He's like, you got to make sure you stop by and talk to those guys. And I don't I don't know that their stuff fits kind of like the the typical Eastern whitetail style. But it is, it's really cool apparel. It's really cool stuff that's every day, not just in the field. And that's one that I would say is like high on my list to try to get in there. Yeah. So I've, I've got a couple of their bags and some clothes and different things like that. I'll endorse that. And there was, for the longest time, that was the bag I used. Uh, Saddle hunting was the, I think Sarek is what they call it. And that thing, it was small, much smaller than what I use now, but like, it was easy and it was good and light and everything like that. It was, it was good pack. So yeah. What's really, yeah, they're, they're, them, they're all really hardcore hunters. You know, they, they build the stuff that they just use and abuse out West in the mountains. And, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that we can feel confident taking out here in the East. And you know, we walk through a bunch of thorns and some other things that they may not always be running through, but uh, it's all very well thought out stuff. Yeah, their 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 products are really neat and a beautiful showroom facility there. There's like a there's an actual airplane hanging from the ceiling in their in their shop. Pretty wild. So Shot Show draws a big crowd. Any uh any good uh entertaining hunting personalities that uh, that you get to see there? Shook hands with Tim Kennedy. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily just hunting personality, but I think from just an outdoor and shooting perspective you know especially a self-defense realm um and just you know a, a patriot for sure uh brad has had him on the podcast before and talked to him and stuff and you know i've listened to his book that he he narrates and so it's good to, cool to just meet him in person and I, i've been telling everybody this uh his handshake so i went in to shake his hand i'm like this dude's gonna break me down like he's a, a ufc fighter like he's literally gonna break me down in this handshake it was just normal. 
So I've, I've like prepped for this soul shaking handshake and it's just normal guy handshake. At least you didn't go in like super aggressive, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to squeeze his hand before he did. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, I'm Jacob. <laughs> just yeah. like yelling. And it wasn't a dead fish. So it, yeah, he wasn't <laughs> on the two extremes. So was attendance pretty good out there? Yeah, I thought it was full. I thought it was, it was a really good crowd. Um, you know, you guys were at ATA. It definitely felt a lot more lively than that. And, uh, you know, even though that a lot of the booths thought they had good attendance at ATA, SHOT Show was another level. Yeah. yeah. Las Vegas in January sounds a little nicer than Indianapolis. I mean, no, it might no, be part of it. but No offense to our friends directly down 70, <laughs> but, yeah, Vegas is just nicer than Indianapolis. So It was actually kind of chilly there. It, you know, I mean, it's still wintertime, but there was no 50s as, as much as it usually is. Here's an idea. SHOT Show 2024. Key West, Florida. We will, we will be there. Book it. I'm so very interested. Use in that. your use your poll for whatever you got uh, okay. there, Shot Show, to make that happen. So, the one Jacob, guy. Jacob, what do you guys got going on? Go wild. You got anything fun going on right now? Well, we got that big UTV giveaway. So, uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, you know, every time you refer a, a new member, you get an entry into win a, a really sweet UTV that we put together. Had a ton of fun building and. You know, might have test drove it a couple times out at the farm. Uh, it's it's very sweet. And then we're also kind of getting down to the last leg of the Mountain Tough Challenge. Yeah. So I got to go do 400 lunges tomorrow. Catch up. Yeah, get after it. Fun. Get after it. Get those legs working. So, Jacob, thank you so much for our time, man. We uh, we appreciate you. Where can people find you on social media? Well, go wild, Jacob Knight. Pretty easy there. Uh, I don't really touch the the blue company stuff, but I'm definitely on LinkedIn. I post from time to time on there, so you can find me there. Good deal, Jacob. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right, thanks, thanks sir. Yep, take care. Because I haven't brought it into the intro of these guys. I was like, oh, I'll bring it. And then I totally forgot this morning. You'll like this. So yeah. I'm driving down the road right by my house the other day. I see this turkey. Right at a four-way stop. It's over in this field. I mean, beautiful. Puffing up, coming back down. So I drive up right next to it, and it comes towards me in my car. What is this thing doing? For a mile, I drove down the road at about five miles an hour, and he followed me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> followed me down the road. No kidding. Dude, look at this guy. Where where was this? So this is like two miles down the road from my house. Okay, they're, they're in Desoto Hillsborough area. It's about twenty minutes from. Man, here. look at that bright I th- red I think head. I think he was. A pe- I think he's someone's turkey because there are a couple people around there that raise turkeys. Okay, the way I mean, legitimately a mile. He because he almost me. he almost looks. He's got like he's got oh, the he's, white tips of a Merriam. He's he was um, I the that's a that's a very dude, beautiful that red head. Yeah, it, I it, mean it was insane how 
and is the colors that he had. Oh, wow. And is a is a is a turkey hunter. Have you ever turkey hunted? I have not. So that red, white, blue head, man. When you know when you finally see it poke up over a hill, I mean that's when you're just like game time. Let's go, man. Yeah. Let's, let's let's get to getting. So. But oh, the phone I was gonna show you. But I was gonna bring in my. Uh, my elk rack, and I totally beautiful. Man. Where'd you where'd you kill that elk? It was Colorado. Yeah, Northern thing. Colorado. Northern Colorado. How how was that hunt? Did you, did you have any? You had some snow out there, didn't you? Um, or was it so pretty decent weather? Because it was no, it was cold. But I don't think we got no. We didn't okay. get any snow. And it was you and your dad, right? And my brother and yep. your brother. Yeah, that's a cool hunt, man. Oh, it was incredible. Tanker boys this is a killing uh, elk. That's a moose that I found out there. So you found the sheds. I found or, the whole body. The whole. Oh my god! It was a deadhead. No kidding. So that you uh, would you, you just. Yeah, they don't have any laws on. They don't have any laws. You don't okay. have to contact or anything. That's awesome. Man. I carried that like two miles back to the back to the truck down a, just a sheer cliff. Yeah, and I had the like, well, I the one rack was uh, was off, so I uh, what I do? I tied it to my or strapped it to my backpack and then carried the head because okay. I knew I was going to be crashing into yeah. shit. There was one point. I mean, it was so steep. I was like this, and my hand was on it, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. This was three days in. We hadn't seen an elk yet. I was so like, is I it, am not going home empty-handed. Yeah. <laughs> was it pretty rotten, or had it just? Oh, it didn't have any. Okay. And it Nature brought its course. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 good. Oh, if it, yeah, that would have been a shit show if it wasn't. Uh, so so we're talking with with Cameron Tinker from Midwest Gunworks, Cameron. Thanks for for having us out, man. This has been quite an, quite the experience un- here. Unbelievable facility. Yeah, Peevely, Missouri. Peevely, Missouri. Peevely, yep. Missouri. Man, this place is cool. That's super. Sweet. So so just just kind of talk about uh, Midwest Gunworks, uh, you know, about the operation, kind of the history of uh, of the business, and 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 kind of where you're at now, uh, in, in terms of what you provide to the customers. Yeah. So Midwest Gunworks started, I'd say, around 25 ish years ago. Uh, started with our two owners, uh, John and Rich. They worked at Browning, so they were gunsmiths at Browning back in the day. Um, left Browning, and then they wanted to keep gunsmithing, so they started in one of their basements. I think it was John's basement. They were literally uh, repairing guns in his kitchen. You know, they're bluing. You know, and they were doing everything. So then, a couple of years went by. They added uh, another gunsmith who was still with us. So it was a three-man operation, big operation at that point. And uh, that's early 2000s. So that's when the internet started to become a thing. They quickly realized um, as they were buying lots. So they would, Browning would discontinue a model. So they would literally buy a lot of parts for whatever model it may be. They were repairing these guns because they had the parts. But then they realized, and we could just sell these parts. So this is when e-commerce started, you know, really starting to ramp up. So they started selling parts. They realized money's in the parts. We have gunsmiths ever since then, you know, but they just kept building it and building it and building it, you know, the, the way that you should. They would sell some. They'd use it to buy more. They, you know, accrue this inventory of parts and be the go-to for a lot of obsolete parts. And that's how we really got started was obsolete parts. So fast forward years, you know, they just slowly grew. And I'd say around 10 years ago is when they really started adding people. Um, Got a bigger building, started to do one extension of the building, really started ramping up the parts, accessories. That's when we started adding scopes, you know, everything, one-stop shop. Uh, I started working here about 
six years ago. So I started as a gunsmith, uh, went to school, which we can get into if you guys want all that good stuff. Uh, at that point, we started adding more employees um, about right before COVID. I mean, right before COVID, I took this position now, which is, you know, the marketing manager, whatever you want to call it. Um, so now I run our social media, do our advertising, do events, SHOT Show, all that good stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of been a snowball effect here. Um, just got done with another extension, which you guys got to see today. So we have another 20,000 square feet. We have a studio, all the things that they legitimately never thought that we would have. You know, they bought this facility at 10,000 square feet and they thought this is gigantic. We'll never fill this place out. Uh, and then quickly filled that out. And then after that, they had 20,000 square feet. We'll never fill this quickly filled that out. Now we have 40,000 square feet and we know that we're eventually going to fill it out now because we learned, but, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. So it's, it's amazing to think you and I were talking earlier, 20 years ago, doesn't seem like that long ago. Um, you know, 2003, 2002, whatever. Um, yeah, I was but, in kindergarten. Yeah. I'm mean, as in high school. <laughs> I still think like that was yesterday, but the, uh, uh, the e-commerce side of things, I mean, Change the game. it's just gone massively out of control. You don't even need your credit card anymore. You just double click your Apple pay, whatever. And those guys were right in the forefront of that. That's right. Really taking advantage of that opportunity and growing with it. And yep. it's amazing. We talked kind of about the American dream and yep. when you can do the American dream and you're playing with guns. Like that is a true American, the dream. true American dream, yep. right? Yeah. Not so, only did we start with two guys, we started with two guys building guns. <laughs> right. So do you get to do you get to do any uh, gunsmithing still, or are you just? Uh... Yeah. So I get to do a lot of our um, videos. So our YouTube is really the one thing we're focused on a lot now, especially now that we have this new studio. I've only got about three or four videos in here now. Um, they're good. They're good videos. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I don't. I hate being in front of a camera. I was talking to you guys about it. I absolutely hate it. I'm with That's you. why I'm glad I'm the only one in here because even when I show someone a video, like one of the managers, and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? I walk away. I hand him my laptop with a video <laughs> and I have to leave. I can't hear myself around anyone. I mean, it is the most, I guess, cringe thing you'd ever say. I mean, it, it's just, it's terrible. But, you know, I get to work on guns in these videos, um, which I think resonates well because a lot of our customers for gun parts, because that's our bread and butter, accessories, upgrades, different things like that. They don't know how to do these things. And I mean, guns are hard to work on. There's guns that I see every day that I don't know how to work on. But coming from my gunsmithing background, I know how to kind of, you know, evaluate something, first figure out how it works, because that's the, I mean, if you can figure out how it works, you can work on it. Same with a car. If you know how everything has a job, what does what, you know, and then a gun, what feet, what helps with the feeding operation, what helps with the firing operation. When you figure out that, then you can dissect it from there. So yeah, I get to still work on guns for our videos and stuff. Um, we're actually going to really ramp up videos, not only just reviews, but some in-depth how-tos. Um, I've got last night I came up with an idea for a, a new series and I'll just say it cause I hope to start it soon and it's going to be, the series is going to be called you effed up. So I want that <laughs> series to be, uh, a reassembly of a gun. Yeah. So that's a real, that's a real thing. Man. That's right. That's I mean, right. I, I remember when I first got into turkey hunting, I had this Winchester 1300 and I, I didn't, 
I, I had to clean it. It was filthy, you know, and everyone's like, I oh, clean it. I took this thing apart. I'm at my kitchen table. This is the <laughs> night before turkey season opens. And I'm like, yeah. oh, crap, I can't put this thing together. I have no idea what I'm doing. And yep. this is, yeah, like YouTube wasn't really, a, you know, a, a thing at the time. So Man. that's a very the – other, the other thing that you could do is uh, – Everything about a, a Remington 870 because those things are workhorses, but they got some weird stuff that just happens. That's with them. so many, so many guns out there just have these weird, yeah, like tricks. I, I love a little trick, and I learned so many. I was in the gun shop for over three years. Um, you know, worked on a gun shop for a couple years before that. Went to gunsmithing school for one year. You learn how a gun works, but you learn these tricks yeah, that just absolutely. amplify it. So, so the series with UF'd up is going to be just a reassembly. So what it'll be is, you know, just a, the video starts and there's a gun taken apart because there's been so many guys that have been in that position. And what do you do as soon as you get, you're like, how to assemble a Remington 870, right. yep. you go straight to it. So I want to start this series, um, to really just, all right, you know, today we're going to do a, you know, a SIG 229 or whatever it may yeah. be. And the video starts, it's taken all the way apart. Cause that's where you get, you get really ambitious on, Oh, I'm going to clean it or change this. All of a sudden we call it a bag of guns. You're walking into a gunsmith with a bag of gun and then you're trying to get him to, to reassemble it. So I have been that guy. I will admit it. I've been that guy. I call it a box of guns cause I took it in the box and I took it, you know, this couple of years ago, I took it to one of our, our little gunsmiths and, and Lincoln County. I'm like, I'm not a gunsmith. I messed up. Uh, just tell me what it's done and how much I owe you because I need this. Back. Happens <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So. But you got to make it. You got to make it realistic, though. You got to have like kids crying in the background. You got to have a cat like walking. <laughs> you got to be at your kitchen counter. Part. Yeah, at your kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, doing you it know, on like, your lap. Yeah, like the the, the smoke alarm is going off. Your wife's yelling at you. You should have done this weeks ago. And you're like, I know. <laughs> so, no, that's 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 good stuff, man. The content. Uh, uh, you know, I think the tinkerer, man, I'm a tinkerer. I like to mess with stuff and, and with, with guns, it's one of those things. If you don't know what you're doing, it's very easy to learn to do it the wrong way. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, if you've got the resources to go back. So one of the things that I really like about your website, we talk about it every freaking episode is the gun parts directory or the, the search, you search your gun parts. Talk about that and how convenient that is for man, the American tinkerer. We're out there. It's a good breed of people. Yeah. So that, I mean, that is the best part of our website and really our business in general. I think, like I talked about before, our, our bread and butter is gun parts. So if you're not familiar with our website, it's just MidwestGunWorks.com, real simple. But you go on there and there's a gun parts finder. So at that point, you hit your first tab, it's make. So you go to, you know, a Beretta. So you hit Beretta and then the second tab will bring up every Beretta model that we at least carry some parts for. So then you say, you know, I'm Beretta 92. So then you hit 92 and you hit go. A lot of the guns, not all of them, will have a schematic blown up, which that's next level. When we started doing that, I was, even for me, I'm like, that's what, because you don't know what something's called. You know what I mean? You don't know what a part is. I'm missing this thing. It's. Yeah. You're looking at the little line. It says, okay, number 98. And then you go over there like, okay, 98. I don't know. The hell is that? Yeah, I know. it's Google got some. Whatever. It's got some weird name. So with the schematic, you can really see. Okay, that's what I need. When you see that schematic, there's a red number. You just click that red number. You don't have to go try to find it. You click that red number, and it'll bring up everything if we have it from OEM to aftermarket to different things like that. So that when we did that a couple of years ago, 
man, it's probably been five years now that we got the new website that really changed it. You know, when you talk to people about the website at shows or events or different things like that, if you can show them that, that's what, that's what changes. Like, Whoa, I do need to check out your guys' website. Cause it's something that not a lot of places offer or have. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. The, the one thing I I'm just thinking, you talk about going to gunsmithing school and that kind of stuff. Can you talk about that? Uh, as far as like, how did you decide to get into that? And was it something you've always kind of thought about or an opportunity that just arose or? Yeah. So man, I, you know, I've grown up with guns. So, uh, my dad's not the big gun guy, but we always hunted whenever you're deer hunting. Um, so he's always had bolt actions and 22s and shotguns and stuff like that. But as I got into high school, you know, playing a lot of sports, thought I was going to do the whole college baseball thing. And then I realized that I didn't want to go to school for four years and spend a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, tuition. So I guess it was, man, it was late, uh, probably beginning of my senior year. I don't really remember it, but I remember how it came about. I was just scrolling the internet and, uh, Again, I'd been into guns, but not really, but I saw gunsmithing and I was like, gosh, that's a thing. So then I start looking into gunsmithing schools and, uh, there's a few, the biggest one is in Colorado. It's uh, Colorado school of trade. I was going to look into that, decided I didn't want to go out there, which now I wish I would have. I mean, come on, but, uh, $60 resident elk tags. (laughs) But, uh, it was a little more expensive. Uh, luckily my dad helped. So I then decided we went and visited, it was called Wabash Valley college. So it's in Mount Carmel, Illinois, right on the border of Indiana, my apartment that I stayed in, I could chuck a baseball and over the Wabash river and hit Indiana. So went to school there for a year as a certificate certificate. Um, and then, kind of went from there, you know, going to gunsmithing school was kind of a life changer for me, not only, uh, learning about guns, but I'd always been an independent person. My parents just raised me that way. I was, you know, eight years old, riding my bike around town, like just kind of grew up like I would have 40 years ago. Um, very independent, but man, living on my own up there and being four hours away from home, only coming back every once in a while, it really changed uh, me as a person. So learned how to do gunsmithing, uh, learned how to really, you know, find out how to survive as an 18-year-old kid in the real world. So after that, I graduated um, in the spring, I guess it was, came back home, found a local gunsmithing job, I guess you'd say, just working at a range, just kind of working on little things here and there. Um, wasn't learning much, kind of learning the industry more than anything. So learned the industry really well, didn't work on a lot of in-depth things. Um, worked there for a year and a half. And then I had a buddy growing up whose dad is our head uh, gunsmith here. And he called me and said, hey, there's a position opening up at MGW. I really didn't know much about MGW, to be completely honest. And I was like, holy cow, this is 20 miles from my house. So applied here, eventually heard back, came in for an interview, and I about shit down both legs when I saw this place. So It's impressive. It's, it's incredible. Man, I was really, like, it really is. And honestly, so if I recommend, which I have, this is the coolest part, the high school that I went to, we live in a small town. Um, the high school is... I don't even know how many people my graduating class was like 200, I think. 
they invited me back for career day to talk about gunsmithing, which That's I thought awesome. was awesome. So I got to go in and talk to junior high age kids. So 13, 14 years old about gunsmithing and really about trades. I talked about gunsmithing, but I talked about welding and machining because as a gunsmith, you do a lot of machinist work. Um, so I got to talk about that. And when I talk about that, I got to talk about not only the trades, but getting into things different from the normal college thing. You know what I mean? So. Sorry. No, you're well, good. Well, I did it. <laughs> I'm just thinking like randomly. So. But so gunsmithing has been really something that changed uh, my path because not only did I learn to gunsmith, I guess you'd say, and put me into a whole new industry and now a career, uh, put me into a lot of thinking as a gunsmith or as someone that's hands-on with your work. You got to always be thinking you're, you're doing it with your hands. So when I started here, that really changed it. When I started here, we do gunsmithing. We're not an armor. We're gunsmiths. We're, you know, bluing. We're doing complete restorations. We're doing uh, custom builds every once in a while, full repairs, warranty work. So, I mean, we're a full service gunsmithing shop. And when I got to start here as a gunsmith, that was, man. It's, you you can kind of tell you just, you grew, you, you matured through yeah. that process. And then, oh, yeah. you know, I grow grass for a living. Okay. If that grass dies, we got more seed. Okay. I can, I can get that to come back. <laughs> When you're what you're dealing with, this is not, it's not just like a handful of grass. This is like a, a something that it can is designed. You know, if you're out hunting, you're out designed to kill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. That thing has, there's no room for error. Yep. So like you, that's serious business. Yep. And to hear that, I mean, it's it is, and to see all the you know the impressive shop and everything, it's makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. <laughs> as it as it should. So so Cameron, give us give us kind of kind of a high level view of, of where, uh, you know, the two, a two, a rights are, uh, you know, kind of in this country, uh, and, and, and what, I mean, we just had some, some big legislation passed last night before this recording in the state of Illinois. Uh, so, so just talk about kind of where, where the, the, two, a rights are at right now. Yeah. So before I even dive into all the bad things, um, of two, a rights in different States, I mean, we still live in the greatest country in the world let alone the greatest 2A country in the world. You know, I mean, the way that this country was founded, I think you have to have 2A rights and the way that it still goes, you have to continue with those 2A rights. I mean, um, if you look at other countries, almost every other country except for us, um, they just slowly degrade. You know, they, they start out, oh, yeah, you know, we have guns, but it's for hunting. Look at Canada, for example. Um, they've always had guns, but they've started to dwindle. They take a little bit here. They take a little bit there. Before you know it, you're a country that can't even own a shotgun because they just keep this this effect of, well, this this is more dangerous. We, yeah. we don't want general civilians to have that and so on and so forth. That's going on in Canada right now. Right now. I right mean, now. It, cannot, it's, cannot. Yeah, it started at the high magazine and yep. AR, you know, assault rifles, and it has trickled down to affect hunting shotguns right now. Correct. I mean, stuff you hunt freaking ducks with, yeah, these can guys own, can't get their hands on Can't it. own handguns. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a shame that um, it's happening and they're letting it happen. You know, obviously, um, 
these things are happening over time, so it doesn't seem like much to them. Oh, well, it's just this, or, oh, well, it's just that. Yeah, we don't really need that. Well, at that point, let's just take, you know, the U.S., for example. Right now, it's assault weapons. So you've got different states that want to ban these assault weapons, um, which I don't know what that even means, but, you know, the AR-15, because they're a weapon of war and civilians shouldn't own them. But what's next? You know, they start with that, and then now it's... I mean, if, if we're going to look at statistics, statistically, there's very few, you know, shootings a year that are caused with an AR or assault weapon that they like to say. The majority of shootings um, that you see are handguns, shotguns, or even less. But so when they do take ARs, what, what's to say the next thing is, well, if statistically the handgun is the most deadly weapon. Yeah. So it's a zero, it's a zero sum game for, for the anti-gun. Correct. It just, you know, it just, it just they keeps want going. All of it out. And unfortunately I don't think, and I like to, th- like to think this, I may be wrong. It's not because they have this higher agenda, but it's because they're uneducated. Um, you know, obviously there's people in power that have an agenda, but a lot of it, especially people that vote for these things, they're just uneducated. Um, if you talk to someone that doesn't think you should own an AR-15, they don't know why. They just hear that in the media or they, they see this or see that and think that it's... Half the time they can't pick out an AR-15. I mean, yeah, how I many mean, times just, have you seen that? It's just uneducation. And you'll notice if you start to have a civil conversation with that person about why we should own AR-15s, they start to get this understanding. I mean, let's be honest. AR-15 is not generally used for hunting. Can be, should be in some cases. AR-15 is for a civilian to be able to protect themselves whether it's against someone else or whether it's the government, to be completely honest. We have a great country. It's ran different at some times and not very well at some times, but we live in a great country. But who's to say in 100 years that we don't? You know, it's um, these countries over time just degrade. They're not going to stay this country of the people forever. Hope it does. I, I pray that we never have to go down that road. But if you look at, our history, if you look at the history of, you know, all the countries in the world, they always go through some type of government collapse. So when that happens, I mean, as a country that was founded by the people, you have to be able to get back to that point. And I think when you talk about they, they, they want to go after the guns and, and this and that, we talk about this all the time, Paul. I mean, you and I, even off the record, everybody wants everything to be white and black. You know, there, there's no gray area, but there's gray area, right? So the gun is a tool like, and, and they all just want to go after that. But you know, there, how many people die in car accidents or like the mental health issues of the world? Like there's, there's other things out there, but instead of just, you know, trying to, it's like um, predator trapping for turkeys. Like, is that part of the, the turkey decline? Maybe, but it's not the only thing that's going to, you know, yeah. cause that. So and pun intended, you know, as humans, we look for the smoking gun, right? And, Always. I, and, and, yep. and it, it's in, and the smoking gun is the easiest thing yeah. yep. to see. Exactly. And, You're, they're not attacking the root of the issue. Um, obviously a gun can't just kill someone. And, and that's always the argument. I don't think it's a good argument to have. It's, oh, well, gun can't kill person, a person kill person. Everyone knows that. They like to act like that. But, but the problem is when someone has ill intent in their heart, the tool does not matter. Um, when you want to ban an AR-15 because someone did the most horrific thing that you can do, it's not because of that that firearm or that weapon that they used. 
they're committing the worst, second worst crime of murder. I mean, that's a, one of the worst things you can do is, is murder someone. So what makes you think that if they have that in their mind, that they're going to do that, they're going to think, ah, darn, Illinois just banned those AR-15s. I can't go through with what I'm, with what I'm wanting to do. They're mentally ill. So changing, changing that is not going to change. And, it, and again, not to go down a deep rabbit hole and, and just, you know, preach and preach and preach. It's just unfortunate that that people, I mean, you guys cross the bridge. It's like 15, 20 minutes away from here in Illinois. Now, as of last night, can no longer buy an AR-15 or really any semi-automatic gun that takes more than 10 rounds. So it's, it's just a shame that they're not actually attacking the root of the issue, which in my opinion is sick individuals. Um, they're just trying to act like they're doing something and that's just, politics in general they're just doing what they think is going to change people's minds of them not doing anything though yeah. like, well, we did this well that didn't actually do anything but you're putting on this facade for sure it's uh it's it's a subject that you could talk about for our decades yeah you know yeah and, not, and not stop. We will be. yeah and we and, and we will be and it uh i think it's an important conversation to have i think that um you know if, if if you pay attention and you look there's always an attack on on hunting there's always an attack on gun ownership yep trapping all of these things so i think to stay you know to stay vigilant have the conversations don't tune them out that's a very a very important thing so let's talk about something sweet man yeah let's get into something let's talk about fun. building building freaking ars Let's do that. Yep. So if I want to build an AR, I've never done that. Yep. I am a complete, I'm not, I'm not a novice. I can put together Remington 870. There you go. Then you're uh, good. With, with skill, Andrew. And uh, Google. So, <laughs> and, and, and Google and YouTube. Uh, so if I wanted to, to build an AR, uh, where does Midwest Gunworks fit in with that? Yeah. So for an AR-15, like we were talking about, ARs are probably the most popular firearm on the market by far they're easy to work on um they're pretty inexpensive for what they are um there's a big price range of course just like anything but so we carry a lot of parts any part that you need to build an ar we at least have a couple so when you go on our website like we were talking about earlier there's a schematic you'll see how everything lays out my recommendation, the first thing you should do is just start your research before you ever buy a single part. Watch YouTube videos, talk to buddies. I mean, just talking to someone that owns one is going to give you a lot of information. Really just familiarize yourself with how they work and what you're wanting. I mean, there's a thousand variations of an AR-15, length of barrel, gas system, caliber, all this good stuff. So figure out what's going to fit you well what you want figure out your budget second because obviously everybody usually has a budget and then go from there i mean have fun with it um maybe if you're not looking to build just buy one and then change things out you know you buy a gun that's already put together and then you want to change the stock later on the handguard the whatever it may be but yeah if you're looking to build just research figure out what's going to fit you well and then have fun with it don't get stressed you're going to screw things up you're gonna lose springs all that good stuff but yeah man it's good luck because you're, you're yeah. diving down a deep hole that you're never gonna get out of. oh <laughs> man that's it's like uh just another hobby right oh building, man building by. but you, but you guys can build custom rifles so you can build um ar-15s you know you can build rifles that are 
maybe more geared towards like a hunting scenario scenario yeah. yeah so we have a full gunsmithing shop so if that's something that you're wanting you can for sure look on our website or reach out to us um if you're gonna have someone else do it make sure they're you know reputable know what they're doing but yeah man i it's it's a fun so like i'm i'm the type of person that i i love the idea of researching the things and getting deep into it but I also know my time constraints in life. Yeah. So can I like pick up the phone and call you, call you besides like just normally calling you and call like customer service line and say, Hey, I want an AR. I'm thinking about this kind of price range. I don't know where to start. Go. Do I do? Yeah. You, and I want to buy it through you yeah, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So you could, our customer service, they're pretty knowledgeable. If you want to dive deep, I mean, they're, I'll be just, but that's probably not going to be like, Oh, well, let's have a 30 minute conversation. I mean, we're, ran pretty thin on customer service side. So if I can recommend it, shoot me a message, um, through social media. So, um, Facebook, Instagram, it's just Midwest Gunworks. So Instagram, I check the most probably shoot me a message, ask me whatever you want. I'll be happy to, to answer it. I love when guys, uh, want help with building or fixing a gun you guys are good friends with the Missouri woods and water guys. I got a call from Nate earlier trying to side in a rifle and get everything oh, figured out. I get a I call. I picked the phone up. It yeah. was great. Did <laughs> really? Midwest yeah. gun works. This is Andrew. How can I help you? Did you really? It's like, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's good. So they yeah, call me gotcha, all the time, Nate. you know, cause they're, they're building a couple guns now for this next coyote season. I love, love talking about building guns just yeah. cause if someone has an issue, uh, especially in AR, I'm pretty good about solving it, even if it's over the phone, just because I've seen so many. And then at the end, I'm like, as soon as you figure it out, let me know. Because if yeah. it's not what I thought it was, I just love to learn what they went through for the next one. So yeah, if, I mean, if any of you guys' listeners ever have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Yeah, not, for sure. And not a whole lot of places that'll have a full gunsmith that's answering the Instagram account. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. That's so. true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So in Ohio, the only rifle that we can hunt with uh, for, for deer are straight wall cartridge rifle so yeah i knew that was coming um ohio get your shit together I, yeah you know what man i um i don't get it i guess that we what 2015 i think is when we eased into that so hey, it's better but, than just shotguns and before it, it, it was is. just shotguns, just shotguns yeah it's you ever better. been ohio? you've been ohio so like yeah. we've got yeah. it's a unique state where the east side base basically I'm, I'm generalizing east and southeast is very hilly right and it's more yeah. pennsylvania like you get out west and it's flat yeah, it's like pancake. illinois because illinois is the same laws they're, they're straight wall now i think now too but they were just shotgun for a long time and i get it like it is super flat you always want to backdrop you know when you're shooting you always want to be conscious of that and i mean in a lot of illinois you're never going to get that so i understand but man rifles are i'm shit. not dogging the they laws I, that's I mean, not my, my know, thing but you're allowed to hunt coyotes with any, yeah, with can, any yeah, caliber yeah, rifle you want literally in ohio freaking county in ohio right <laughs> so so we could we could talk about that but i'm just going to say this to our ohio uh dnr representatives just make it legal and you know, certain counties, right? I'm yeah. just going to say, you, huh? you can make it legal in Benton County and have absolutely you know, just the same amount of risk as, as yeah. you do with a shotgun or as, or as a straight wall cartridge. And I'm not so. a Ohio guy, so it's kind of, you know, kind of overstepping by even saying anything about their laws. But, man, if you are going to open up rifle calibers to your hunters, start to, do you guys have to go through like a hunter's education, at least younger? We do. Yeah. So anyone after 1982, which is the yep. year that I'm born, has to have a okay. hunter's Okay. So same, same as Missouri. I don't remember the year, but we do too. So if you're going to open up 
you know, rifle calibers for hunters, implement that into your hunter's education, make that a huge portion because I don't remember my hunter's education course at all. There's two things I remember crossing a fence (laughs) with a gun and having a backdrop, having a backdrop. I know your target. That was the first thing. Know your target. Yeah. Vividly knowing that. So, I mean, if, if you educate people and especially if you open it up to rifle calibers you have to have a backdrop i don't care if it's a 200 inch buck and he's on the top of a ridge line if you're going to send that thing into oblivion don't pull the trigger you know For what sure. i mean yeah. <clears throat> excuse me especially you know a lot of places it's going to be a mile to the next you know house or or road or anything but you just never know so my suggestion if you're gonna you know i think you should open rifles because yeah, rifles are sure. awesome but you know so, you can you can implement something to help out yeah so working within the constraints that we have currently so i i killed three deer with the 350 legend this year yeah um first rifle kill actually nice all on the same day i shot four deer on the same day on a control hunt yeah it was pretty it was pretty wild but it That's was awesome. it, 350 legend uh there were some criticisms i saw online about about that round being kind of um I don't know, man. Maybe not like the best deer killing caliber. Um, can you can you address those issues? Yeah, man. You get it all the time. Someone, especially in rifle hunting in Missouri, it's all oh, that caliber's not enough. This one's better. And if you're hunting with a round that is over a hundred grains, you know the weight and size, and it's going, you know, two thousand plus feet per second, whatever it may be. It's it's. I think it's more Good than enough. ethical. Yeah, yeah. we're talking. That same guy that says the 350 legends not enough is probably bow hunting. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean he's shooting he's shooting on what four or five hundred grain arrow going. Not maybe. in this camp, buddy. Six ninety five. Right again. <laughs> okay, if you're shooting a lighter arrow, I mean, you know what I mean. You're shooting something at three hundred feet per second. Yeah. So, and I'm a bow hunter too. I'm not dogging on archery hunting at all. I think it definitely has its place, and it's awesome because it's more difficult. But if you're bow hunting, you don't really. You can't really say, well, 350 Legends, not enough. 350 Legends, a great round, uh, usually 150 grains or more. What, you know what ammo you're One, shooting? 165. It yeah, was so the, you're shooting 165 grain bullet. I mean, that's easily going to do the job, and I'm sure it did a good job on, it did, on the yeah. deer that you shot. So you don't need a 4570 to... Now, what about like the 450 Bushmaster? That's one of the newer rounds in the straight yeah. wall car. I've heard some, some good things about that. Yeah, um, so that's a heavier bullet, I think. They're two thirty plus. They are like I've just seen like pictures of them. Side the three fifty and 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 a four fifty bush. They had a substantial. Yeah, they're long in size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, I mean they look. Yeah, it looks like a freaking hot dog. Yeah, and I mean there. in a straight wall cartridge, you're getting a lot less uh, pressure feet per second, all that good stuff than a rifle cartridge. You know it's why? Like, why is that? Is that like so? What's the so you've got the full metal jacket, you got the shoulder on the on the. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yep. On on like a a, a thirty out six. Yep. So what's what's the what's the difference? I mean, so we were talking about that in the car, and and we're idiots when it comes to a lot of things, especially calibers of of, of bullets, just because we don't do it a lot. Yeah, you know, we don't have that opportunity in Ohio. But we we're talking so like three fifty legend, is that bigger than like a, the two seventy rifle that he hunts with? Technically, the bullet is bigger, um, but it doesn't have as much muzzle velocity, so it doesn't have as much energy. So that's all driven from the gunpowder that's in the correct okay because yeah. your your 270 bullets when we went to michigan i put them up next to my 350 bullet it was twice the size i mean it was like 
it was ridiculous how, how yeah. small these little 350 bullets were. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I'd have to look to know exactly. A 270, I do know, is usually about 130 to 150 grain bullet, and they're going 2,800 to 3,000 feet per second. That's smoking. So it's, yeah, yeah, so it's smoking. So it's a smaller bullet than, let's say, a, a 350, but it's going a lot faster, so For therefore sure. it has more energy on impact. Um, and that comes from the powder and then also the case you know having a shoulder it can take more pressure um so it's all being able to deal with pressure an overloaded round is going to have way too much pressure and it's it's going to either blow or it's not going to be effective or you know going down that complete rabbit hole of ballistics but that's a i started going down just dipping my toe in that pool of 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 ballistics and it's an interesting topic we definitely won't touch it here because my head will explode but it is it. it is neat and 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 uh i actually put some of that into practice killing one of those deer yeah with you know with the drop of the yeah of the 350 round so yeah it's 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 important just to just to look at it i guess if you're if you're getting into it so yeah so let's talk my favorite thing shotguns um what what is uh so, like, what options do you guys have for the turkey hunters? I mean, that's the next big season in Ohio. There it is. You, you know what, man? You know what? I'm, tired of, I'm tired of you <laughs> talking turkey shit about shaming you. Turkey shaming. <laughs> no, it's it's actually, it's, it's obnoxious. Like, my my passion for turkey hunting, yeah. I, I, I literally talk about it. Hey, I the the, my biggest thing in life is seeing someone with a passion, whether it be turkey hunting or whether it be artwork. I love seeing when someone, like, legitimately has passion because you yeah. can just see it right off the bat when they start blah 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 blah, blah. that's something me with like guns or ballistics or anything like sure. that it's it's fun so. it is it is cool and and he's got he he's he's a very good deer hunter i will give him a little a little credit about so. that, but, um dude this guy next talk, talk about you, no, you give him so you give him a map and it's a done map just send, send him a pen and be like all right this is the property you get to hunt where should, where should i set up I've got a buddy he like has, that. Hits dude, the wind he, and all. Yes, yeah, I, he's like, what's that? What's that guy from Russell Crowe and, and a Beautiful Mind? Like he'll send me like ten <laughs> yeah, pens and yeah, he'll I mean, send man. me like sixteen text messages. Yeah. If and it's this, like, if the weather's this and this and this is the time. Yes, of day and, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's all, but it's good. He's he's been responsible for some deer dying this year awesome. with with breaking it. down properties. So yeah, I always like hearing that. But so turkey hunts coming up, man. One of the things um, that I think throws a lot of people off is is patterning i i can't say that word pattern 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 pattern. patterning patterning a shotgun for turkey on it yeah yeah so um i'm kind of the weirdo like i'll send i don't know 150 dollars for the tss downrange trying to you know from four different manufacturers and six different chokes dude you know what don't start with me, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he getting me all puffed up? I just I stood up on the chair like I'm an idiot. Like, what do I got to do? Like here? you're a Tom. <laughs> I, yeah. Again, I love it because yeah. seeing someone that will spend 150 dollars. Yeah. I, I love seeing. So, that. So, man, my 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 thing is, I want it to be the quickest, most ethical kill. Yeah. I want as many BBs and as tight of a you know. Yeah. You like that little spread, but man, when I when I shoot a gun, like hey, when I'm passionate I'm, about it from start to end, dude, I want a hole in that target when I'm, and then I want. 500 BBs around it. That's yep. what I'm looking for. And yep. I will, I, I'll spend the time. I, you know, I want to buy a shotgun. Paul needs a punt gun. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You can just lug that thing out there. <laughs> so, so what, just, just give people, and we haven't talked about this on our show, but just give people kind of like a real basic, um, like crash course of patterning a Turkey shotgun, choke tubes and ammo, uh, and, and how that the constrictions are, are kind of impact your pattern. Yeah. So just to give a very rudimentary understanding, you know, Obviously, a shotgun is a scatter, 
Um, you want it the more as tight as you can for turkey because I mean, 99% of the time you're shooting them in the head. So you've got a smaller target. So when you want to tighten it up, you want a more constricted, uh, choke tube. So just even go further out a choke tube, you screw into the end of your shotgun. You can have different constrictions for doing different jobs. If you're going to be shooting, you know, skeet or trap or anything like that, you want it opened up more so that your pattern opens up more so you can have a better chance of hitting that clay pigeon opposite of when you're shooting Turkey, you want as many as you can in a tight area. So you're looking at a extra full or Turkey, uh, choke tube, which we carry, a bunch of different brands. There's so many out there. It's unreal. Jeb's, uh, Carlson's, your regular manufacturer. Indian Creek, Pattern Master, Indian True Creek, Lock, Pattern. True. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we carry, on we carry all those. So shotguns is a big part of our business. So we carry all those brands. Um, I would say for patterning, what you want to do is just, like Paul said, test it out. Some turkey loads can be more expensive. Maybe you start out with some more inexpensive loads just to see what it's like, to see what your choke tube's doing. And then at the very end, move to the actual load that you're going to be shooting a turkey with. Because the general idea of the choke tube is going to be across the board no matter what ammo you're shooting. But then really getting down to the detail, each ammo is going to be different. So you want to eventually get to the exact round that you're shooting, whether you're shooting, you know, TSS or something else. Um, So my suggestion would be getting a pattern board, getting some cardboard, you know what I mean? Find you a box and cut it open, get to your distance and then shoot it. Put it exactly how you're going to shoot it because it's how it's sitting on your shoulder, the way that the gun is canted, anything like that is going to change how that pattern is, where it's at, where you're aiming, different things like that. So shoot, you know, a couple rounds, see what you're working with, and then uh, get the ammo that you're actually going to try to shoot a turkey with and, and see what it's doing. It's it's a rabbit hole, man. Oh man, I've been I've been dialing. I have a, a, a brownie that I've been fighting with because I'm very I'm particular. You know, I know what I want, and and you know, it's funny, man. I like the, the 870 with the Winchester Longbeard XR. You know, that's probably like the best turkey killing gun yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, that I get into the, you know, the semi-auto stuff, and now I'm looking at some other guns on your website, like. Okay, man, it's a 20 gauge TSS, you know, I'm looking at Frankies and but now I'm like, ah, gotta stop, man. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think it's it's just something that um that to, to be efficient at killing, man, I think people need to put a little effort into it. 100%. And you have to understand and and you know, there's there's different constrictions for TSS or different, you know, constrictions for the lead and and so I mean, you can go you can go off the deep end. Yeah, sure. and, and so you don't I mean, you don't have to. You don't but, have to, and yeah. the, but you at least need to know what that's doing at let's just say twenty five yards. Absolutely. So yeah. shoot it at ten yards and see. Move back. Shoot it at twenty five. Shoot it at thirty five. Shoot it, and then you'll get to that point where you're like, all right, I don't feel comfortable at this distance. Yeah. When you figure out that distance, then you know. That yeah. when you know you're hunting, okay, I'm at he's at my max distance. If he goes any further, or if then I'm not. If he comes in any closer, then he, then it's go time. Yep, for sure. So if you were a new hunter, maybe it's a, you got a kid, uh, or just you never dabbled in the turkey world, or gun world. Gun world, yeah. I mean, if you've always done archery, deer, or something like that, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, this spring I'm getting out in turkey woods. What would it be a really basic but yet quality shotgun to look at? I mean, if you want to give make model gauge whatever, like for somebody to look at. We'll just we'll say 18 year old male or as yeah. a, as a 
bases. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of different variations, you know. Um, but I would say all depends on your budget. If you've got a you know a smaller budget, like most people do, then I would say a pump is probably good for you. Diving into exact models, you can never go wrong with a Remington 870 or a Mossberg 500 or uh, models like Versatile. that. Versatile. You can get two or, barrels for, for those. Exactly. Very Same, inexpensive. Yeah. My, if I could give one recommendation, it would probably be the Benelli Supernova. Um, so the Benelli Supernova is a pump action three and a half inch gun. The Nova is a three inch. So turkeys you probably want to shoot three and a half you can't shoot threes you can shoot three and a quarters whatever but having the three and a half inch you can always use them you just don't have to obviously if you have a three and a half inch barrel you can shoot anything you know shorter than that two and three quarter three inch but you can have the opportunity to shoot three and a half so the benelli supernova pump action three and a half inch they're inexpensive five hundred dollars i believe or less somewhere around there you can get different barrels for um you can get them in camo black all that good stuff um i mean if you're wanting to spend more than that go to a semi-auto you know browning a5 winchester sx4 benelli if you really want to spend some money i mean you can get benelli super black eagle three but then you're getting into yeah, the that's a good gun, man. Paul's yeah. lighting up. Yeah. Over you're getting there. In, you're getting into fifteen hundred two thousand dollars. I'll tell you what I'm so. looking for here. I'm looking for a single shot, three and a half inch ten gauge. Is that on the market? Uh, I want to send new. literal logs down the. We actually <laughs> we have a customer that comes in here that that he loves those. We work yeah. on a lot for him, so they're dang. So can, can you custom can you custom make me a single shot, three and a half inch twelve gauge? Oh, those guys would kill me if I told you yes. Let me use that Ohio Outdoors five gun on that one. <laughs> Seven thousand dollars. They're like, you want to do what? Yeah. Now you got to find someone to make ammo for it. So another question I had for you as we were driving up: If I'm in the market for this, is such an ambiguous question, and I know it's like you can go a million different directions. I'm going to give you the, my philosophy. Okay, I'm uh, uh, looking to gun hunt outside of Ohio from time to time. Yeah. So. I want a rifle. Mm -hmm. I know I want a rifle that can be pretty versatile. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take down elephants. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, I need something more than a 22. But you're possibly going to take down a big bull. Uh, maybe. Oh, come on. You're supposed to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, I do love bull. that idea, but I just don't. <laughs> I'm, I mean, maybe I'm using myself as an example, but I don't know that that's in the cards at the moment right now. But let's say, let's, let's go anything from like a coyote. Maybe I'll go hunt some hogs yeah. down south. Whitetail, uh, you know, maybe up to an elk of some sort, but like kind of that range, you know, what, it, what would be a good kind of broad spectrum versatile gun in that if you had to pick one and I, and I should preface this with, if you want to know the top whitetail rounds, the boys over in Missouri did a really nice show with you yeah, in which you guys yeah. went through all the fun. different, uh, whitetail rounds, but yep. So something maybe a little bit more versatile. Versatile. Okay. So you've got two different options right off the bat. You've got semi-auto or a bolt action. So you need to figure that out right off the bat because if you're coyote hunting or hog hunting, a semi-auto kind of has, you know, some benefits over a bolt action. Now, I haven't done a whole lot of either of those. Is that just because you need to get multiple shots at them right, yeah, right off the bat? Yeah, you get follow-up shots a lot quicker. Um, especially on coyotes or hogs, because if there's more than one or you don't put a, a great shot on the first one, then you can just follow up right, you know, instead of having to put another round in. So let's just say you want to get a bolt action. Okay. You want to okay. be as versatile as possible because you, 100%, you can shoot coyotes and pigs with a bolt action. You want to shoot for sure whitetail. 
stretching out to it. If you're shooting a coyote and an elk with the same gun, you're kind of stretching it one Too way much. or another. Okay. But let's just go whitetail is the largest. I would say somewhere around 243. Um, just because a 243 shoots in general about a 90 to 100 grain bullet. Uh, so it's small and fast for shooting coyotes or pigs. It's not overkill. I guess you'd say you really can't have overkill on a coyote or a pig. But And then it's a great, you know, whitetail round. Other than that, 270, 6.5 Creedmoor. Everybody knows if you listen to podcast, I am about 6.5 Creedmoor. But 6.5 Creedmoor is super versatile. I shot my elk with a 6.5. So, I mean, technically you could shoot a coyote with a 95 grain VMAX, and then you can shoot an elk with 140 grain, you know, ELDX or whatever it may be. So 6.5 may be a good choice too. You can, you can find a 6.5 anywhere, whether it's a gun or ammo, they're just, they're absolutely everywhere now. And that kind of was another question I had in the back of my mind. Are there any rounds that specifically from an ammo perspective? I know that we, we've, this country goes through periods where you can find it, you can't find it nowadays with the internet and shipping it. I think it's a little bit easier, but is there any, any of those in particular that are harder to find ammo for than others? Harder. Um, honestly, before like 30 out six was very easy to find. It's a little bit harder now. The ones that you can't 30, 30 is pretty hard to find. That's a lever gun, but still the ones that you're going to find the most of is probably going to be 243, 270, 308, 65 Creedmoor. So those are the most mainstream, the most guns. Ammo follows uh, gun sales mostly. So makes sense. If a manufacturer's pushing more six fives, the ammo manufacturer knows that, and they're going to push more six five ammo. So find out what guns are being, and you can find out what ammo's out there, obviously too. But whatever guns are most popular, that's probably the most popular ammo. Makes sense. Good deal. What a talk. What a place, man. Are we going to shoot some guns today or what? I wish. <laughs> no, not today. Not today. Cameron, where can uh, where can people find Midwest Gunworks online? Yep. You guys already know this, but we're going to make Cameron say it. Yeah, so on the website, it's just MidwestGunworks.com. Use you know your guys' code, OhioOutdoors5. Save you some money. Um, other than that, content-wise, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all just Midwest Gunworks. We post on Facebook and Instagram, you know, every day, just photos and little videos, but YouTube's really where we're putting most of our efforts, how to's reviews. Andrew effed up. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly. I was just say, let's put some pressure on you. When's that coming out? Because I need that. And can you please do the first one as a Winchester 1300? I still haven't figured that kind out. It's a box. Is it really? Oh, hell yeah. It's in a box. Oh man. Yeah, so, it's got some issues. Yeah, so we'll 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 start that series here soon. So we'll do a couple gun, you know, a gun a week or something along those lines, um, just to get some content out there on you know helping you put that stuff back together and get to rolling. It's awesome. We appreciate Cameron. you, man. Yeah, yeah hey, thanks for your time. Thanks man. for having me. I appreciate it.